Welcome, soccer fans, to the State of the Republic podcast. I'm your host, Luis, and today I'm joined by Sharon and Jared. First, uh, let's go over to Jared, who just recently arrived from Jacksonville. How was it going, Jared, and how was your flight back home? Uh, flight back home was good. Um, the Charlotte flight could have been a little bit better, but as far as uh, my overall trip to Jacksonville, I loved it out there. I mean, I probably gained about uh, five or ten pounds from the Publix uh, supermarkets uh alone and yes i did bring back a couple subs so that's just me but spectacular trip i would love to go back out there again that, that's awesome you know i mentioned it before but i went to Publix and i, I made the mistake of not getting the sub but definitely whenever i go back over there I'm, I'm getting that sub you were doing yourself a service by getting even even uh, their uh, meatball sub or their jacksonville jaguar subs any one of the, their hot subs definitely go and grab one next time you're there yeah, I, I got that noted. <laughs> How's it going, Sharon? Hey, it's going good. Glad that Jared made it home safe. Anytime you guys travel away, I always like, okay, let's everybody get home safe. Um, and soon I'll be doing a little bit of that traveling because um, I really am still getting used to being able to be away from the house for extended periods of time and not have to worry about getting home. Um, so, So it's lovely to have that and to think about that, that you guys are doing that traveling. And remember Jacksonville in this time of year is awesome. Just not summer, you know, when you're dripping and it's only 90 degrees out, but you're just dripping. So just remember that don't move away. You need to stay right here. I don't know. The time that I went to Jacksonville beach uh, this past uh, Thursday, it was about maybe 5 PM. It was a little chilly, but uh I don't know if it was a little bit warmer or even a little bit more humid, it would have been awesome, but still a great beach out there. Oh yeah, I'm sure it was. Anyhow, I'm doing good, Luis. How about you? And and then I can't wait to dive into our, our conversation today with Connor Sutton. Uh, I'm doing great. Thank you. And uh, I'm always going to stay here in California. I couldn't see myself living anywhere else, uh, but here, but it is nice to travel there, but I could not be away from Sac Republic for too long right we you know you got to keep going to games it's it's a tradition now at this point over the years and so uh, you know got to keep staying local not just that i guess also family of course uh, is is my main thing here so um yeah that's never gonna happen <laughs> no matter what not moving out uh but yeah uh, really excited for our, our guest today you know we've been what working on, on gaining mom for a couple of months already now right and and i deeply appreciate just how much support he's given to us with, with the podcast and the fact that, you know, I'll get a message uh, from him saying that he listened to a show. It's, it's awesome. I mean, I always say the same thing about any of our listeners, right? Anytime y'all compliment us on anything and you let us know that you listen, it, it's really something else. And I know to some, it might seem like, oh, it's just like a, a little comment here and there, but it really does mean so much to myself, to Sharon, to Jared, to anyone else uh, who's been on the show that you say that because we started this project to talk about our favorite team, to talk about just soccer in the Central Valley, to grow the sport, as we always say. But the fact that we get people and sometimes even people that I don't even know uh, listen to the show, I think it's really amazing. And I've met so many great people at games that I wouldn't have met if it weren't for this podcast. I mean, Sharon and Jared are actually two of those people, by the way, if any of you did not know that. So thank you, podcast. 
Yeah. Thank you, podcast. And, and thank you, listeners. So I think we should. Is Connor on yet? If, if not, we should probably just get going. Mm. Mm. Let me check if he's on. So uh, let's see. He's now on. It's like you called him. <laughs> nice. um, That's excellent. Beautiful timing. So let's go ahead and get started, Sharon, if you want to introduce our special guest tonight. All right. Thank you. Will do. Today, we are joined by one excellent announcer from Sacramento Republic FC, Connor Sutton. He's the manager of game entertainment, and he's our MC for Sac Republic. He's the host of The Breakaway, which is a Republic podcast, and which we all listen to. And he's also <laughs> an aspiring mini, course gol- mini golf course designer. <laughs> so welcome, Connor. Welcome to our podcast. Thank you, guys. Excited, long time coming. Uh, excited to to join you guys. I, I listen uh, probably around once a week to you guys. Uh, so excited to excited to join you. That's excellent. So our first question is is that one that everybody wants to know who's trying you know trying to break into anything you know where you are the MC or where you are that. When was the first time you grabbed a microphone and then realized you loved it? How old were you? Uh, like 15 or 16, I think, uh, it was really, really early on. I was always really, uh, interested in, um, atmosphere at, at sporting events, um, and creating atmosphere and, and building off it and doing various things. And so when I was a kid, I would go to games and, and just love, like, I wouldn't miss starting lineups. I wouldn't miss all those big moments before games, um, that kind of ramp up the crowd and get everyone excited, um, and so when I was like 15 or 16 in high school, I would, uh, I would, you know, MC rallies, any, basically any chance I could get to get on a microphone and do live reads, get comfortable with things. And then from there, it just kind of grew. And my love for doing things like that, um, expanded from doing everything from play by play broadcasting to hosting a, a radio show in, in college, um, to doing different, different types of things on a microphone and learning different moments and, learning how to, to vamp, learning how to, you know, all the little intricacies that go into it that, that make it important, learning how to interview somebody, um, which as, as you guys know, is not as easy as just writing down questions. And, you know, I've had, I, you know, even since starting the podcast, I think I've gotten so much better just learning how to, all right, I had all these lists of questions, but if I go in order, you know, it's going to seem like I'm jumping around rather if I try and at least memorize them or have them a little more, detailed, I can be like, all right, I'm switching this around while the person's answering. So I don't seem like I'm jumping all around. So yeah, I mean, ever since I was a kid, I always wanted to do that stuff. And it's kind of, I'll be, it's a dream come true, to be honest. It's interesting you mentioned, and I know Jared's going to ask you a question here in a second. It's interesting that you mentioned that you kind of like bringing the thing to life, whatever the event is, you know, getting there in advance and kind of unfolding that. I have to admit that is always has always been my favorite thing about sporting events and events in general is watching the stadium or the situation come to life from like having absolutely nobody there to the full bloom. And I I agree with you. That is such a fascinating thing. And not everybody digs that. But I, for one, have to be in the stadium, watch it come to life. And I, I I understand you. Yeah, it's a big one for us. It's a big one. And like, we're still working on it. Like every other team is doing it too. I went to a Niner game a couple of weeks ago and they have a countdown clock. Uh, like that is countdown to intros. So they're like promoting, Hey, get to your seats. You can be a part of this. And I think that's kind of where a lot of sports teams are going to lean towards. And I want to as well with some of the stuff that we do. Um, so people are in their st- seats. Like we're going to, we're going to introduce something next year. Um, 
that we did on opening night in 2020, um, which we did like a horn, like 10 minutes into before intros saying like reminding people like, Hey, time to get to your seats for intros and kind of training, training fans that way. So we can all, you know, chant those last names for starting lineups. It's a big, big piece of, of our atmosphere. I mean, I think who was I? I was talking to Duke about this. He said, and I was like, we were trying to figure out, we were talking about the Cami Wasa game. And when he scored that goal, I think, yeah, you guys were all there. Cause I talked to you all when he scored that goal. And we did that last name chant. That was the loudest I had ever heard it at the stadium. I mean, obviously it was a big moment. It was a goal. Everybody was excited. Uh, it was emotional for so many reasons, but that kind of power behind saying that last name um, is something we want to try and make happen for, for just the starting lineups. And the whole countdown reminds me of my uh, favorite Australian rules football team, the Port Adelaide Power. Uh, usually what they'll have is uh, they have uh, their unofficial theme, which is in excess is never tear us apart. They'll have like a 60 second countdown with the video board. And during that time, you'll see the fans just uh, grab their scarves and singing along right until uh, in this instance, kickoff. But Maybe if there was something similar for Republic FC, maybe before starting lineups, I mean, that might be another idea as well. Yeah, that's a good point. That's a good point. We try and put ours as close to kickoff. Like when I got hired in 2019, full yeah, full time, 2019, we made the change to put, uh, we split up home and visiting starting lineups. And the reason we did that is because when we would do the home starting lineups, it would be before the players came out. So they wouldn't get to hear their names. Um, and there'd be, you give you a little longer of a delay too. It allows more people to get to their seats, more people to get involved. So that was a big change that we made. And so we put it, we basically split them up. We put it after the national anthem. And then it's kind of a cool moment where like it's national anthem and it's like basically time for kickoff and we're doing the starting lineups. The guys can hear the last names. I mean, how cool is that? And I've talked to a lot of the guys that noticed it and they're like, man, that really gets me fired up. And then you, you know, we added the, some of the pyro stuff in, which, I mean, we could talk about it. I could talk about that for a half hour. Um, that's that's like my favorite stuff in the world. But uh, but yeah, I mean, we, we're trying to figure out ways to 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 kind of create something that's ours, um, that's different, um, but also, you know, gets the fans fired up and, and wants them to chant those last names. Yeah, just uh, going back to, to where we were a moment ago in regard to uh, when you got on the mic, I mean, as a kid getting into college. With all that um, behind your name, uh, what was your big uh, first experience uh, behind the mic? It's a good question. Uh, there's a lot. I in college, probably the one thing that um, that really made a big difference for me is I emceed cheerleading competitions across the country for a company called um, like Golden State Spirit Association and Loa Spirit in- International. And basically, I would just be the public address announcer for the event, <clears throat> and I learned a ton. I don't know anything about cheerleading. I know nothing about I was it. Say cheerleading? That yeah. was left field for me. That I did not know about you, Connor. Tell us more. Keep going. Yeah, so I I was like nineteen, um, and I was nineteen twenty, traveling around different parts of the United States to like Buffalo, New York, and went to Seattle, uh, and more a lot a lot mostly California. Um, and that was kind of like when I got to try out different things and try to have fun. And again, I don't know anything about cheerleading at all. I know I still don't uh, after doing it, for, but that was like kind of the first thing I started doing that I actually got paid doing. And then from there, you know, it gave me more confidence to try different things. And, and that's such a big piece is to have confidence and to know your voice, trust your voice um, and, you know, kind of build that personality behind the voice a little bit. So there's things like that, that I started to do. And then, 
Um, in college, like I, like I said, I did play-by-play announcing, um, did a lot of interviews with players, coaches. Uh, when I graduated college, I had like a one hour a week radio show, um, that nobody listened to, which is, I never really promoted it. It was basically, I just treated it as practice for myself. And I would like go in one week and have a prep for a full hour and have guests for every segment. And then the other week I would have no prep, but just have to go. And it trained me how to, you know, articulate thoughts and put together ideas um, and kind of go with what I'm talking about rather than what I plan. Like if I think I'm kind of mindset making a good point, I go with that rather than worrying about, um, you know, some of the things that I had planned. So uh, yeah, it was things like that, that I learned how to do various things. Um, the interview piece really started once the, we started the podcast after the pandemic hit of like trying to get the best out of your guests, which is, as I'm sure you guys know, it's tough, right? Like sometimes I'll have a guest that's super closed off and I have to try and dig and pull and get things out of them. Um, and so like a lot of that has, has come from being around the players more. So they trust me more. Um, and that's a, that's a big piece that, you know, I still work on. There's, there's guys who are quieter who I have to warm up for about 20 minutes before we get started. Uh, and sometimes I still can't pull it out of them. Like there's times where I leave the interview, like, dang, I did not get as much as I wanted out of that. Um, but you know, it's all a learning process. And, you know, I feel like as, as we continue to, I think we're heading into season three, um, we'll, we'll start to really start to get deeper with some of the guys on, on maybe some stories, um, that people want to hear that maybe the player was like, I didn't even think people would want to hear that. It's like, yeah, of course we do. So that, that kind of mindset, I hope that answered your question. (laughs) More than enough. And we're so glad you're an extrovert and that you're willing to, you know, have the, the chat with us, but you know, so, so you do a lot of your, your work and your learning behind the scenes, but is there, (laughs) is there anybody in specific that you may have mentored under or who you consider to be your, you know, mentee, that kind of a thing. Cause sometimes it's really nice to give props back to folks that, you know, you've observed and it's like, Ooh, I like that. I like what they're doing. Like Scott Moak, you know, I don't know. You just name them. Definitely Scott Moak. Uh, I met Scott Moak when I was 16 as a budding public address MC, whatever you want to call it. Um, and had been in contact with him over the years. Uh, and then Scott fresh hour with the Kings. I actually got to fill in for him a couple times at the Kings when he was having a kid, he really pushed for me to be able to do that, which was awesome. So yeah, those guys for sure. Um, Matt George, I, I, Matt George and I are, are buddies and we always talk about, like, I ask him opinions on things and he asked me opinions on things. So uh, being able to use him a little bit, like, Hey, I'm thinking about going with this topic. What do you think? Being able to do that is nice. Cause you know, sometimes when you're by yourself thinking about things, you know, sometimes an idea is not good and you don't know that until you talk to somebody else. So uh, guys like that, I hope I'm not missing anybody. I, I think that those are the main, the main folks, um, Kat, the, the King's MC as well. I've talked to her about various pieces. She does a good job. Um, and, you know, there, there's just a lot of different people. I probably missing a bunch who I've asked questions to over the years uh, who, who've, you know, been important and I've learned little things from them. I also try and learn from other people I hear interview um, who are probably, you know, bigger names, but they do things that I like and they, they open up their guests. Like I, I think something that is really interesting about podcasts, there's a few that they don't really start. You're just, as soon as the podcast starts, you're like mid conversation. And I think there's something really interesting about that to where you feel like you're a fly on the wall rather than a, a listener. Um, so I, I, like, that's a piece I've never done that, but I've kind of wanted to, I just don't know how to, to be honest. 
Um, so there's something like things like that, that I've tried to learn, but yeah, I mean, there's, a, there's so many that you try to pull from. Um, so it, it's, th there's so much talent around the world and even in the Sacramento area that it's, it's easy to point to a lot of, a lot of good people. I was going to say, don't worry yeah. if you, if you didn't, you know, mention somebody, because just the fact that you said there are so many of, uh, of the folks out there that you've learned from, I think is, uh, an excellent tip of the hat. Yeah. There's a lot of good ones. A lot of good ones. <laughs> curveball, ready for the curveball. Here's the curveball. <laughs> oh yeah. Here, here's, here's the curveball here. So, um, this is something that just caught my attention, Connor. And thanks again for, for being on here. Um, I'm a big mini golf guy. I mean, I'm a little rusty because I haven't played uh, in like a year, but I definitely want to get back to it. And I noticed that, that as, you know, Sharon introduced you earlier and also on, on your own bio that you're an aspiring mini golf course designer. So tell us more about how that came about and how's that going? <laughs> uh, not well. I'll be honest. We had a, in the office a few weeks ago, we had a, a, a little mini, like we kind of set up a little mini golf course in the office and I created a few few uh, courses. When I was a kid, I used to go to my grandparents' house and, uh, I would build mini golf courses, um, out of every, yeah, out of everyday, um, supplies like on the carpet. And I'd have my grandpa come play with me. Um, so ever since then, I've always, I just been fascinated. And like some of there's one in, um, Reno, that's really cool. Just outside of Reno. Um, that is, is really cool. But like seeing things and seeing people be creative and things like that. I mean, I, I also could include on there, like, I want to, uh, not build a roller coaster, but create the atmosphere for a roller coaster. There's like things like that, that are very detailed and small. Um, I can't, there's a few that I've been on in my life that I'm like, all right, somebody put a lot of thought into the music playing in the, in the ears of the headrest as you're going up to before the climb, like things like that, that build uh, energy and build momentum. Uh, so there's things like that. I know it's weird, but I, I also like weird. Put, like weird stuff like that on their Twitter bios. And, and that's, I was like, whatever I'm throwing, I, I put that on there not that long ago, just cause I thought it was kind of funny. We're going to have to get you down to the Elk Grove mini golf. You've probably already done it maybe with the players. You know, we have a mini golf course, uh, in that whole complex with the bowling alley. We should get you down and we should play some Wait, mini which golf. One? Yeah. Which Kelly, one? Kelly Globe mini golf. Yeah. I did not know that. I'm yeah. from Elk Grove, Sharon. I had no idea. Yeah. It's, it's in that whole complex with the new place called the alley. Yeah. Oh, apparently. Yeah. So it's, let's, let's get some of the guys that are wintering over. Let's go down there and let's go play some mini golf. That'd be a fun uh, video content idea too. We you bet. Video stuff with that. You bet. I swear to God, I'll wear, I'll wear this hat instead. <laughs> I promise. <laughs> so for everybody listening, the hat that I just put on is like a Christmas hat from like 20, I don't know what year that was, 2018, maybe it was a while ago, 2018, 2019. It's the Christmas hat. It's all red and it has the green Sac Republic logo. Very Christmassy. So I will wear that if we ever go play mini golf here in Elk Grove. All right. Now, before we dive into your time with the uh, Republic FC, uh, you had mentioned that uh, mentioned about the Kings. Uh, can you tell us more about the, how it was to work with the Kings? Yeah, yeah. I mean, um, I uh, stage manage for them on you know three three to four times a uh, a month uh, at some of their games, which is a lot of fun. Um, and the the couple times I emceed was a great experience. Uh, to you know, it's a little higher end uh, on some of the things that they are able to do. Um, which was uh, a lot of fun. I learned a ton 
Um, cause you have, unlike for instance, <clears throat> at the Kings, you have somebody talking to you in your ear where, and I wear ears at Republic too, but that's just myself and, and Jamie talking so we can hear each other, um, and hear ourselves when there's a, whether there's a delay or whether we're out and I'm out in the market and there's, you know, I might, I might not be having, and I, I might not have speakers in the spot where I'm at. So, um, that aspect of having someone talk to you, uh, was different cause I wasn't used to that. But the the overall atmosphere was just incredible. I had so much fun. Um, game one, I was super nervous. Game two uh, was a little less nervous. I'm always nervous, no matter what. I'm nervous for Republic games all the time. So, um, yeah. So it was it was a lot of fun. It was a great experience, and I try to bring what I learned from from that to to Republic games. So let me just take a minute. You're such a treasure for us. We have really come to appreciate everything that you're doing and the fact that you do pay attention to the podcast that, that we put up. I mean, that that just makes our heart super big. And we really appreciate that. And we have a funny feeling that maybe one or two players do too, because the next time that we see a player, they're like, yeah, we already knew that because we'll say something to them. And they, yeah, we know we, we heard. It's like, <laughs> okay, fair enough, fair enough. But there, there was somebody that we all kind of really adored for the longest time. You mentioned the Kings. I have to bring up the name Mo Brazelton. I mean, he yeah. he is like he's that guy, right? Huge, huge for me. Yeah, yeah. He's a he was a big part of um, the reason why I got brought on as the MC at, at Republic because um, the year before. Uh, this is going to be my fifth year as the MC. But there was a year before I MC'd where I was just a stage manager, um, and then they had an opening the next year. And I went to, to Mo Brazelton, as you mentioned, um, who directed the games at the time. And he kind of gave me the opportunity to, to MC. And from there it kind of jumped and, and, and has, uh, has, has, you know, expanded. So, uh, and he's such a good mentor. Like I, I try and meet with coffee with him. I don't know, once every other month, um, to talk about various ideas, him and I are very, um, nerds are like big time nerds, like on the details, um, which is always super, super fun. He, I, he was, I, I emceed a UC Davis football game like a couple weeks ago and he was directing that. And that's why I was over there. So he's, he's always super loyal. He's always super nice. I mean, he's super talented and, um, does such a good job at the Kings. And when he was with us for, I don't know, seemed like pretty much every year until 2019, end of 2019 or 2020, um, you know, he brought a, a lot of great ideas to, to the, to the team and to the, um, in-game atmosphere. And so it was a lot of fun to work with him. Yeah. He's a, he's a huge mentor for me. Um, and, yeah, and he also was the guy that post game, I would filch in because you guys had the better beer after game in that big tub. I wasn't, yeah, I didn't, I didn't drink beer much, to be honest. I don't know. If, there was a few years I wasn't 21. So it was, oh, uh, maybe that's right. Yeah. Yeah. In the early days of Mo Brazelton <laughs> after, after production, there was this giant tub of beer and you guys had the better beer <laughs> after games. Yeah. It was for uh, us and the, uh, the production crew uh, right. who was in the trailer. Yeah. A lot, a lot of different people who had a hand in the game. So yeah, that was always a cool thing we did. Yeah. That was really cool. I'm glad he, he created that kind of camaraderie. Anyhow. Yep. Thank you for answering or talking a little bit about that. Yeah. I, you know, I feel bad. I missed Mo earlier and yeah, he's such, he's huge, huge in my, in my uh, career development and for the Republic development too, for in game. I mean, he was so big. But that's awesome. So uh, before we get to your start with SRFC, t tell us a little bit more about like how you became a fan of uh, soccer. Like the, did you follow games before Republic and do you have a team maybe that you supported before? Yeah. I mean, I would say, uh, I, 
Sacramento is like my heart and soul. So like I'm a big San Francisco Giants fan. However, if there was ever a baseball, a pro baseball team that came to Sacramento, I would immediately change. So when a team started for Sacramento, um, I was very excited. I actually was supposed to go to the U.S. Open Cup game against the Earthquakes uh, in San Jose. I think it was the one we won in PKs. Am I wrong on that? I My car broke down on the way. So I missed that one. Um, but there were a few others that I went to. But I, I mean, it was I started in 16. So it was, I think, 16. Um, so by that time, you know, the team is still, you know, crazy popular. Uh, it's really starting to grow big time after the 2014 championship. So, uh, but watching, I, I, to be honest, I didn't watch a whole lot of soccer since kind of started working for the team. I really fell in love with it. Like, that's what I try to tell people if they're like, ah, I don't know about going to soccer. I'm like, just come to a game and then tell me how you feel afterwards, because it's so different. Um, seeing the players, you know, it's different from watching TV, from being in the crowd and hearing the fans and feeling the atmosphere is so different. So uh, once I started working, I kind of got hooked um, and then kind of just developed from there and, you know, enjoy. I, I mean, I, I would say I'm a, I'm a Man United fan, but I don't follow them as close. I mean, obviously I don't follow them as closely as Republic FC, but, uh, you know, it's it's always good to watch uh, watch them. They've been struggling a little bit recently, although actually they, they've won the last couple of matches. They have a new they have their, their Michael Carrick left. So they're up in the air. Um, I was excited about Ronaldo coming back um, and he's played well a couple of different times. I don't know. He, they're just in a weird spot. As Zlatan came out and said something today about Man United and their culture that I thought was interesting. Not that man, not that Zlatan knows much about culture as far as he's such a, he's such an egotistical guy. He's always talking about him as the greatest, but uh, you know, I thought that was interesting to see that might be one of the reasons why Man United hasn't been as, you know, top of the league as they, as they have been let, or they were, you know, five, six years ago. Well, you, you put a smile on Sharon's face saying Man United. So <laughs> <laughs> that was good. Um, well, let, let's get right to it with your start, you know, with uh, Republic to tell us more about like how the opportunity came about and what, what it's been like, I think just in general over these years to uh, MC with, with our team. Yeah. I mean, it started, you know, basically because of Mo Brazelton. Um, he, uh, would referee games at my college I went to. So he and I would talk and, and, uh, and there was an opening for a stage manager at the Republic. I met with him. He hired me. That was in 20, I think it was 2016. I get all my years mixed up, Sharon. I can't, I can't, I can't keep them together. They're all so intermingled. It's so tough. But, um, and then the next year I started emceeing. And then basically from that point on, my, my role expanded from emceeing watch parties in 2017 and 2018 um, and I'm seeing season ticket member events and doing all these various things that I hadn't been doing and being, you know, super reliable in my opinion for the club. I lived two and a half hours away for games. I lived in Reading at the time. So I would drive to every game and drive home after the game, um, and these events. So I just made it very clear that I was dedicated to the club. And then in 2019, um, I got hired full-time, um, and kind of since then, have expanded my, I think, well, I wouldn't say expanded my role, but grown more into my role and doing various things from um, obviously the podcast, which I didn't start until the pandemic, which thank goodness that we did that. Um, that's, it's been a, it's been a blessing. Um, and it's been a ton of fun and hearing, you know, fans talk about it to me and, and uh, it's, it's just been great. I didn't, I didn't expect it to be honest um, to doing, you know, hosting some of the social content to helping out with some of the community things during COVID and, it's just incredible the way that the, that I've gotten to work with some incredible people at the Republic and 
uh, seeing some of the stuff we do in the community, which it always just makes my heart so full when we, when, you know, working with the community investment team and Kevin and Scott on, on some of the stuff that they do is so incredible. Uh, we were, you know, when we delivered uh, Rayleigh's bags to elderly um, during COVID, they were always super grateful. Uh, it was, I mean, stuff that we've, and we've done a lot of that kind of stuff that, you know, I've been more than like happy to help with whenever I can uh, to help with, you know, having players join class, class zoom is what we called it. And zoom calls during COVID as well. We had players uh, surprise kids on zoom calls and organizing some of that and seeing kids who probably are getting tired of looking at a computer screen and, and listening to their teacher over zoom and seeing a professional soccer player jump on their zoom. I mean, how cool is that? So we do a lot of things like that, that just, I mean, every day we do it, it makes my day. And uh, so I, I love it. I mean, the games are obviously number one for me. I matches are they second to none, but we do a lot of cool stuff on, on the side as well. And like I said, kind of helping and organizing some of our social content, like we did the the hot chip challenge with Shannon and Jaime earlier this year. Oh my god. <laughs> that was killer, man. It was so funny. <laughs> It was killer. We uh, thought we were going to die. So you really, really was, you were, I had to say this, you were the big wimp. Oh, for sure. Well, listen, let me, let you me went through, how, dude, you went through like three or four glasses of milk and then asked for more. Yeah. Yep. So Shannon at training was like, Hey, have you seen this? We should do this. <laughs> and Shannon, very good with spice. Jaime, pretty good with spice. Me, terrible with spice. We know. Yeah, I mean, so it's clear <laughs> that chip is something else. I mean, it it was it was horrible. It it yeah, it was bad. But uh, and now uh, Duke wants to do something this offseason. We talked about it at the live on Wednesday that uh, we're gonna do a, a hot ones or something with hot wings. Oh yes. So I guess we're doing it again. I don't know why. <laughs> I can't have the players do it by themselves. Like that's no. terrible. I have to do it with them. So it's yeah, like the, I, I really struggle. Jimmy Fallon does that. He does the hot wing challenge. Yeah, on, yeah. yeah. And that you guys, if you do that format, man, it's going to be killer. It's going to be so. Fun. Yeah. It's going to be rough. Um, It's going to be real rough, but it's okay. I'm willing. I'm willing to do it. I guess. Oh, dude, you're going to have to do something to get that warmed up. Like kind of ease into eating hot things for like at least a week in advance. So it doesn't like kill you the day of the day of. That's I, it's going to kill me, Sharon. If that's just going to happen. <laughs> It's I'm, I'm ready. We'll have the milk standing by the worst part is, is we had a, it took us, it was like a 19 minute clip that we had to cut things out. And there was like a ton of stuff that was, that was in there that we, I mean, I was supposed to like interview the guys while we were doing this and I literally couldn't, like, I've kind of like lost yeah. all real, like reality was just gone. It was just focusing on the pain that was in my mouth and in my throat. So uh, and I drank like, you're right. Four glasses of milk that we had talked about in one of the edits, like putting a glass counter, like milk, how many times I took a sip, it would have been like 25. So, and those guys didn't drink anything. They didn't drink anything, which is unbelievable. Um, and it made me look way worse. God, it was, it was rough. It was rough. And like I said, I said at the end, like, we're not doing this again. And now, I'm now so, you've agreed. I'm so, so dumb. Duke is like, yeah, I'll do, I'll, right, I'll do it again. So, so you've done something really interesting with Duke. This is something I was totally unaware of. I didn't realize that he had like this big of a personality and 
You have started to bring that out of Duke. See, he wore the captain's armband for a bunch last year. And I even asked him a little bit about his captaincy. It's like, are you there for the players? Are you that good communicator? Because he's so like kind of reserved and quiet and humble. And it's like, you are bringing stuff out of him that is like, oh, there's the Duke. There we get to find out about him. So thank you so much for like bringing him out of his shell. That was incredible. He's great. I mean, he... Uh, I've talked to him and this is one of the reasons I go to training probably about twice a week. And I talk to the players about whatever, sometimes it's usually to, like to record with a player. And sometimes we need to do this, we need to do that. But, um, I usually go just cause I want to talk to the guys and, and get to know them so that when we do have them on, they are a little more comfortable, um, or as comfortable as we can make them. But yeah, I mean, he, he's been great. I mean, we're doing, we talked about it. We're doing like two more video shoots with him this winter. I think one that I don't want to talk about yet. Cause I'm so, I'm, I'm so excited. Um, but that he and I are, are working on together with our, obviously our, our marketing and video team. Um, but yeah, he's, I mean, he's really come out of his show. I think we're going to have him host like a couple players only podcasts. We did one last year. I think we'll probably do a few. And, uh, but even he said it on the podcast, like the, the, uh, the, because the captain thing last year was weird. We had, you know, Pete was the captain and Fatai was the vice captain. And then for a while there, when those guys were out of the lineup, we saw Duke wear the captain's band and kind of talk. Cause I asked him, I think I asked him like, are you going after the captain's band? I don't know if that's a role he really wants. He's more of a quiet guy. Um, but seeing him come out of his shell, it was so funny before we started recording or streaming, I should say on, on Wednesday, he and I were talking for 20 minutes just about whatever just and like we almost missed the start time because he and I were just talking. Luckily, our producers were like, "Hey, it's time to go." Like, "Oh, sorry, my bad." We were we were just talking, and that, I think that really helped because we had such a good conversation, and he was he was great. Well, on the topic of spiciness, I gotta say I'm the same as you are. So if you ever want like even competition, then <laughs> feel free to let me know, and I think we can have. A- I have the I have the the hottest sauce that they use on the actual youtube show it's on my desk for when we do the shot the the, the shoot so um i don't I, i'm just telling you i don't recommend it it is it is more pain it was worse than i thought it was going to be um but i think it'll be better because you ra- you kind of ramp up in sauces uh but the chip was just like every hell like spice you could have in it one. It had to have been the ghost. It had to have been the ghost. There was ghost. one time I had like one little tiny droplet of ghost on my finger and I put it in my mouth and it was like, oh my God, just yeah. one drop. Yeah. It so was, I feel for you, Connor. Ghost pepper, Carolina Reaper. There's one other one in there as well. It was like mm-hmm. 1.2 or 1.3 million um, Scoville for reference. That's a lot. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I'll, I'll take a chance in it because i uh, I've had where both at uh, San Diego uh, tailgate for the New York Jets, as well as here in Arizona for the Monday night game. I've actually had something that I impromptu uh, came up with called the Ghostbuster guy. I knew uh, actually grew ghost peppers. So I managed to chew a whole one and then I kind of needed to grab something liquid to drink. Closest thing was someone had a, a, a smuggled water bottle of fireball. So. I'm sure that helped, right? Well, it's a, it kind of did. I mean, it definitely dropped my voice uh, several octaves, you know, to, to add some bass. But uh, yeah, that's why I call it the Ghostbuster because you think you got the, go- the, the ghost uh, pepper and then the fireball to somewhat bring it down. 
So I think I may have had a follow-up question because you had talked a little bit about things that you've done and, you know, the things that have been exciting and, 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 you know, honestly, I liked the tailgate parties and when we are playing away games, I know the Republic likes to have our host location, you know, show the watch parties on, you know, at the event so people can be together, but I still miss because I don't always get away from the house. I still miss that occasional online you know, watch party or, or whatever. And I don't know if that's ever, ever going to come back. The ones we did on zoom, you mean? Yeah. Those were fun. The watch parties on zoom. I know that some of them got the tenants kind of started to wane because there were some issues, you know, whatever technical issues, but I really did like those. And and when you would bring people on at halftime. Um, yeah. Know. Yeah. That, yeah. I mean, we've, we've talked about doing like a bunch of different things to try and, um, you know, ramp up, uh, you know, beyond the COVID was wild. Cause like we were trying for this past year, we were so focused on just getting open and having right. fans come in yeah. um, and, and, and making those things happen um, that we didn't do some of the things that I think we, like we should have. Um, but we, like I said, we were just so focused on making sure fans could come in safe and have oh, a yeah. good time. Oh yeah. No. And, and fair enough. We totally get that. No, no, I know. But what I'm I'm saying is that we need to do where we've talked about, and we're going to come up with some ideas of, of doing um, some, some more events and things like that. And, and I mean, we will, I think watch parties are going to come back uh, to a certain extent as far as, you know, a local bar in different locations throughout Sacramento. So it's not the same place every time. Um, But, uh, and then, you know, things like that. I mean, I, that, I don't know why we, we couldn't, we couldn't do that. I'd be happy to, to host those on, on away games. That's no problem at all. Dude, set up the big screen right there on uh, 20th and do your watch party on hay bales right outside the office. Cause you know, in the olden days, I hate to bring this up, but in the olden days, when you guys did the stuff right outside the office, those were the really sweet times, you know, of just gathering really close to the, where the Republic's heart is mm-hmm. besides, you know, the park itself, you know, the heart health park, but the heart of the operations is, you know, downtown. And it was, it was fun. And I would say that that would be really cool. I remember the, uh, the, one of my first events when I got hired full time was when we announced that we were going to sign Roro and we had that big, like kind of public press conference. It wasn't really a press conference, but right. press was there Yeah, and we had fans come. It was such a cool atmosphere because it was like, it was like a live event, but it was also, you know, kind of used for press. Cause I was, the fans were like loud. So it was like trying to, and the guys were trying to, the, you know, coached and staff and, and Roro was trying to say stuff. But I just remember that was a very cool, cool piece that we did. And I know, I know we've talked about trying to do other things, uh, but you know, we'll see, we got, you know, a lot of, a lot of player signings that are coming in the future, I'm assuming. Um, so we'll see, we'll see. Yeah. You, we will have player signings because right now we have eight players. So we need a few more than that. <laughs> yeah, just, that's a few, true. just a handful. <laughs> you know and i will say i did i did love the online uh watch parties as well because uh, during one of them i was actually in oklahoma city and i was watching i believe it was the uh miracle of bonnie match uh, against la and i had actually uh, posted it into the live party it's like come on do i need to go to taft stadium and line up in a beer line to, to get us a goal and then a short time later the goal came through <laughs> that's awesome yeah, hopefully we do that again, right? The Roro uh, re-signing was really great. And if we get another big signing like that for next year, uh, I say, why not, right? Go yeah. go do something like that downtown and you know, make the new signings feel at home, right? Because how yeah. awesome is it for you to get like your little like press conference kind of situation going on? It almost yeah. seems like 
you know, we're a European club of sorts. So well, we're going to do a few things. I don't want to give them all away, but we're going to do a few things with some of the new players to kind of help introduce them to fans uh, uh, with, you know, virtually and, and in person, I think uh, a little bit later. So we'll see, but I, I know we got some cool things lined up. I'm excited about it. I know one thing um, will hopefully come sooner rather than later as far as what we can do with it, but I'm excited about, cause we're, we're going to try and offer different ways for, for our players to, like you said, feel at home. Cause it's so important. It is mm. so important. Oh, yeah. And I, I'm a big believer that it translates to onto the pitch as well, right? If they understand how passionate we are about the team and Sharon and I have experienced this with Cuello from the Meet the Team event. And we, we spoke to him a little bit and, you know, clearly players, don't, some players might not realize it as much, right? And, you know, they just get the game day feeling. But outside of that, it's it's always great for them to hear our stories, hear our um situations right that we've noticed from the past so that way they kind of know our expectations as a fan as well and mm-hmm. um they they get to know more about the city as well right if, if they want to also explore that um because we hope everyone is with the team for years right just like a lot of our favorite players who have been with the team for for many years and unfortunately some have gone away right this this season but at least you know we, we had them around for a while and they they really got a really great memory of being here you can feel the um, the love that the players have for the fans in 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 moments, and I think that's what's super cool. Um, and I know it's going to continue. Um, but when we talk to, I, I keep bringing up Duke, but it's most fresh in my mind when we talk to him about um, how when he played for Reno, coming to play in Sacramento was like the game of the year every year. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that uh, that might have hurt us a bit this year because we weren't very good at home. Um, but I think uh, I think in, instead of, you know, using that with feel like the city's on your back kind of mindset that I think, you know, coach is talking about and Todd has talked about. I think that's a that's a big, big piece instead of it's not nervousness. It's more of like willing to fight. Um, and I think that's, you know, it's something that I think this year we're going to we're going to see a little bit more. Well, I like that. And I, I would, you know, to increase that fight that and I like the fact that there'll be more interactions between players and, and fans, you know, there'll, there'll be more of an opportunity, like Luis just said, for the players to actually meet all their fans, you know, and, right. and have us have them hear from our mouths what it means for them to be on our pitch, you know, and, and that translates so much into their feet and their, you know, and their soul and their heart and everything that it takes to play a match. So I appreciate that. Yeah. Briggs, Briggs gets it. You know, Todd's protective of the guys, you know, he doesn't want a whole lot of, you know, player fan stuff because he's more of an introvert kind of person, but I think that the players really do need some touch. So anyhow, that being said, we would have said, I think we said that in our podcast too. (laughs) We said that, but thank you. I think Luis has a follow-up question. So I, I just, first of all, I, I want to bring back something that you mentioned earlier and, and give you major props for the fact that you commuted for two hours to go work for the Republic and all that. And, you know, two hours back home. I mean, that's that's a long drive, but it really shows your commitment to the team. And I'm glad that, you know, the team noticed that and they hired you on uh, with this new position. And, you know, it just goes to show that anyone who wants to do something, you know, sometimes, you know, you got to sacrifice a lot and, and do all that, but eventually you can get there. And also, I think to any fans who are traveling fans, such as myself as well, and anyone who travels even more further north, um, that, you know, we, we should be going, right? Because um, 
people were doing that before. I don't know how many more people are doing it, right? As far as like a two hour commute north and uh, even south on, on my side. But I think there's plenty of people who, if they enjoy their time at games, they'll they'll do the same thing that that you're doing too. And we could just continue to keep growing up and down the Central Valley, which is, I well, think, an ideal. Luck, luckily, uh, I don't have to make that commute anymore uh, as I live in Sacramento. But uh, yeah, at that time, it was like, it was, it was a long drive, but it was, it took about two hours to die from adrenaline anyway, because you're such <laughs> on an adrenaline high. I mean, you guys, everybody knows, as soon as you go to the game, you get such an adrenaline high, especially if it's a late goal uh, to, to win or equalize and has a, a special moment. Like, I couldn't sleep the the final match of the year after after the camp stuff. It was unbelievable. I mean, I got the pleasure of I don't know why I agreed to this, but I, it's not something I would normally do. But I really wanted to. I was basically like on cam security duty while he was going to sign autographs, um, and it was it was unbelievable. I had so much fun listening and hearing all the things that you know players said or not players, but kids and adults said to Cam. A lot of season ticket members, a lot of TBB who were like thank you for what you've done. You have no idea what you meant to us. Um, and, and I know he took that to heart and kind of seeing him experience that was really, really cool. And I, like I said, I, I couldn't sleep that night. It was, I was just such an adrenaline high from, from that game. Oh yeah. We, we all felt the same way too. And uh, yeah, I mean, it was a really special moment. And uh, Connor, just know that all the fans, well, if you're a typical fan, whether you win or lose, it does after a match, a soccer match, it, takes quite a bit of time you know by the time i drive home it could be 1 a.m before i can really take it down a notch and go to sleep because there was so much to think about that just happened in front of us especially if you love soccer and you know it really is and to have that experience on top of it a reg you know on top of a game to have what you went through amazing you know just it was amazing i mean we we hate saying goodbye to our players but you handled that really really well well, I mean, it was a very cool moment. The sub off was awesome. The goal, I mean, it was like a picture perfect ending. He couldn't have asked for anything better. I thought he was going to get a second one, though. That would have been unbelievable. It was close. There was a couple times I thought he was going to get the winning goal, um, which would have just the place would have blown off. But it, it was a, uh, it was still a special night. I, I mean, the 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 atmosphere that game was was incredible. So I'm excited. I, I'm like already ramped up and excited for opening night of 2022. Oh yeah, it's going to be something else and. You know, I, I still claim that we should have gotten a PK in the first half and he probably would have shot it. So maybe he would have gotten those two goals already, but unfortunately it, it didn't happen. So uh, the follow up question that I had earlier, again, going back to something you told us earlier about uh, getting nervous still, despite all this time. I mean, we see you do an amazing job. So if, if that's getting nervous, then <laughs> I, I don't know what isn't. <laughs> so t- tell us more about what, why you feel that way. Well, uh, I, I get, I guess I'm not as much nervous for like when I'm talking, it's, I'm nervous about, um, just want to make it a, a, a great atmosphere for, for fans. So like timing wise, um, I'm, I'm always very, very strict on timing. Cause you know, if you're over, um, you know, 30 seconds late, you can get fined by the league, all things like that. Um, so I'm always really nervous about that. So like right before I usually have like my phone with a, um, the clock on it. So I know exactly how much time to kick off after the starting lineups. So I'm really nervous during that time. Cause I can, I don't have, I, I, you know, a plan and I time all those things out, but when I'm there at the games, I have very little control on that timing. It's just kind of, you know, like our national anthem singer runs long or something happens where it runs long. I don't have, there's nothing I can really do. Um, so it's kind of just sitting there and, 
and hope. I mean, we haven't had that happen this year. Um, so, but, but it, when it does, it makes me nervous. And I know like, all right, you know, I got a quick, I got to hurry up this quick crowd pump up to get everybody on their feet. Um, cause we got kickoff coming in 15 seconds rather than, you know, the normal 30 to 40 seconds. So, but yeah, that's the kind of stuff I get nervous for. And then I get nervous for the games, like just the nervous atmosphere of, I, you know, wanting to get a win and get three points and, selfishly uh wanting uh we we changed the goal song this year um selfishly before that first game uh where we had it like selfishly wanted to hear a good goal so i could hear the new goal song so things like that i have to insert laughter here because <laughs> to, to want to hear the new goal song i mean that is so important <laughs> to know what our goal song is i mean seriously oh my goodness yep that i i treasured that statement oh yep now it- Everyone that starts a, a big assignment, a big job, you know, we all have our prep for the day, for the work day. So, Connor, what's your, what is basically your paper type of prep when it comes to game days? I mean, how do you start your day? Um, I mean, the big thing for me is like as as the game entertainment manager, everything that happens um, production wise on the for the video board music. Um, all that sort of thing. That is all some of the things that I'm touching base with and making sure so that the timing is super crucial uh, for me to making sure we're doing things at the right time. Uh, one of the first things that I I did uh, a DJ speaking of, we like in 2020, we started having a DJ out on the, on the market, which I think really brought it to, to life out there. And we added speakers in the market. And if you remember before then it was like, you're either in the bowl and you're hearing what's happening in the bull or you're in the market and you're hearing what's happening in the market and they're completely separate. Well, our, my goal and our goal was to bring that together and make it one piece. Um, so we added, you know, there's speakers out there now um, in the market. Um, and we added obviously the DJ, which is a huge help for atmosphere and having just great music. I mean, there's sometimes like I get a text or a talk to from the player, like after the game, like, Hey, what song was that? What song was this? And it's always cool to shout out our DJs. Like, yeah, they, you know, they do a good job and things like that. But so it's a lot of those intricacies. It's thinking really, really detailed on small pieces. Like if you remember um, when we played Phoenix, I like to have, like, I try to make it fun for us, fun for the fans. So like when we played Phoenix, we did the handball contest at halftime. Uh, and then when we did the, we played Oakland after they couldn't get their field together, we did a build a pitch contest at halftime. So those two, I was heavily involved in, and, you know, planning those, making sure those things happen because, you know, the fans like you guys are like, you know, you want to make fun of the, the, the other team in the right ways. And TV, <laughs> they held up a bunch of hands that night too, I think against for Asante when we played them the first time at home. Oh my God. No, there was more than that. There was some chance. <laughs> Oh yeah! Oh yes, there were definitely some chants. A few that weren't quite family friendly because I was there in the TBB section. Didn't come from me, but but I know some folks that they came from. I'll put it that way. Right and Blues Clues, you know the field, the new field there. I I, I will say I will say I kind of started that meme given how the field looks. So. Yeah, there's a but so like there's a lot of those things. And then we have, you know, in more important like emotional moments. We had um at halftime, we got to surprise some people uh from the Special Olympics in Sacramento that they were going to nationals. And there's, I mean, you kind of see the normal, like a lot of different ways that that happens, but a lot of them are pretty straightforward of like, hey, you're going to nationals, isn't that so exciting? Uh working with Kevin Burdick, our community or director of community investment. Um, who I sit right next to. So he and I talk about this kind of stuff all the time. 
um, we tried to think of something original and different that hasn't been done before and a way to really surprise them. And we did like a true or false game. And the final question was like, Hey, are you, you guys are going to the special Olympics in Orlando? And the answer was true. And seeing the like reaction, we were, like there's an unbelievable picture of, of one of them just absolutely losing her mind. It was incredible. So a lot of those things, um, the pi- I mean, my, I'll go back to pyro. I love pyro. So that we do those um, a couple times a year where we have and doing different things um, the, at the final game. If you guys remember, we had, you know, the red smoke as the players walk out to the um, pyro shots during Rockets Red Glare for the anthem in the uh, home of the brave. And then using them on um, the starting lineups when we do the announce the starting lineups. Um, and we saved like the big finale for Cami Wass's name on that last game, things like that to kind of make it feel super more fanfare. I, I could, I, that kind of stuff is my favorite planning those out colors to, you know, how many shots it takes, things like that. Um, so, um that, that's kind of stuff to, to contest. I mean, all that kind of stuff, like their new shoot for your season, um, instead of making it a crossbar, I wanted to make it a little more attainable for people. So we, we brought it closer, um, and, and made it targets. So, Hey, if you don't hit the big target, you can still win or the small target, you can still win something. Um, instead of you don't win anything if you don't hit the crossbar and, and we're going to make changes on that probably this year too, to, you know, tweak things, but little things like that, that, um, are important. And like, we had someone at the meet the team event hit win their season tickets, which was incredible. I think Sharon, you were there for that, right? Yeah. Those, those kind of moments are incredible. The problem is I want somebody to hit it at halftime because then everybody goes nuts and everybody gets mm-hmm. to see it. Um, but that's all right. I mean, people are nervous at halftime. So a lot of times people don't want to shoot at halftime. They'd rather shoot when it's a little mm-hmm. emptier. Um, and you know, occasionally if it's somebody who's really excited and thinks that they're going to hit it and they don't, I like to make fun of them publicly. Uh, just little, little poke. Uh, but no, I, I don't do that too often, but I did it to one guy cause his kid was going to take the shot and he's like, no, 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 I'm taking it. And he missed it real bad. And then I was like, ah, you should let the kid take it because <laughs> I remember I, that. Yeah, I remember he that. might be a little embarrassed. So anyway, a lot of those things, um, a lot of things, a lot of those things that that's a big piece of my job is making sure that game day atmosphere is great. We introduced, you know, the stomp your feet animations when the players come out this year, um, uh, right before the mm-hmm. players walk onto the field. And we have, I mean, Heart Health Park with this bleachers can get really loud when you stomp your feet and mm, kind of creating yes. that. I think it just sounds, especially for the visiting team. Could you imagine walking out? And it's just absolute mayhem of people hit feet banging on metal. Um, it's, it's I so- like those animations. If those were your ideas, dude, you did that. We all noticed that Luis and I were going, did you notice that they put up these animations mm-hmm. of getting loud and doing this and, you know, all that yeah. other stuff. And I don't remember that from years gone by. And no, I this think was it's- the first year. It's perfect. What you did there was like ideal. And if that was your idea, hats off to you, literally hats off to you. Um, and I'll switch hats if I need we're gonna, to. <laughs> we're going to, uh, we're going to bring in some more of that too. But what we started to do is doing it on free kicks and corner kicks, especially in mm-hmm. important free kicks, not like free kicks, <laughs> but if, if they have a shot on goal or yeah. you're cross it in to have a chance oh. to score. Right. And what we started to realize is fans would start to do it on their own. Yeah. So we didn't even need it sometimes, which was, that makes it even way better. Yeah. Um, and well, it's the like thing. the TBB, they have that chant shot, shot, shot went yeah. on corner kicks. Yeah. But they don't always mm-hmm. like do it. Sometimes they're probably, you know, figuring something else out. And, but yeah, no, if you guys do that and if we mesh up with some, it would be, we were even thinking having the words to some of the clean tower bridge battalion chants mm-hmm. 
available so that we can all do the chant that when yeah, I stay we, clean. Yeah. We've, we've talked about that um, as well too. We're trying to figure out ways to, to do it. Um, so we're, yeah, we're, we're working on stuff like that. I love it. That's the kind of stuff that I, I think about um, on a daily basis and, and also, you know, creating, um, um, creating assets for our partners too. That's a big, big piece of, of what I work on is to making sure we have cool things that we can do for our, um, some of our partners from, you know, Rayleigh shopping cart shootout, which I mean, people made a bunch of, got a bunch of Rayleigh's gift cards this year, uh, to, to doing other things. So yeah, that, that's, that's the kind of stuff that I'm, I'm working on and thinking about on a daily basis. And again, it's just to make the atmosphere as awesome as we can. I mean, that's, that's the biggest, that's the biggest theme and biggest focus for me. Well, it sounds like you definitely have, have a great hand when, when, when it comes to, uh, some of the things to ramp up the crowd, especially the, uh, the animations, uh, in regard to that, uh, as far as overall, uh, who else oversees or has input on your efforts, uh, other than, uh, uh Ke- Kevin and Scott, or are you fairly independent? Uh, Scott Moke and I, he's Scott is my boss. So Scott oversees Kevin and I, um, kind of two separate departments. We call our, we call ourselves the, uh, the stepchildren because we're, we're not really in the same department, but we overlap a ton. Um, and Kevin, you know, has a lot of great experience. So I'll run ideas by Kevin just cause I need someone to run ideas by. So I run it by Kevin and, run, and I work with our marketing team on a lot of these ideas as well. Um, and talk to, to Scott Moke about them. Who's, who's my, um, who's my boss. Um, but yeah, that's, I mean, a lot of it is seeing something, um, that I think we're missing in that, for instance, that, that instant, um, talking to also our, our game director who, who does a good job, um, and Dan Spackman, who will 100% help us with some things like that too. So there's a bunch of different people who kind of have little or hands and ideas and we, we shoot them all out and kind of see what happens. Um, like for instance, this year was wild because for the beginning of the season, we weren't allowed to do anything on the field. So we had to get creative. We had stage 18 set up with two basically um, stable cams, like GoPro style. And then as we were able to do things, we got to be more creative Um which was, which was a lot of fun. So there's always a lot of hands, hands in the pot. Um, Scott's the the ultimate one who, who says go. And usually it's always go. Cause he's, he's such a great boss, great mentor um, for that. But yeah, I mean, and sometimes it's like, I even run ideas like by Todd because, you know, Todd's been around soccer so much. He knows so much about soccer. We talk about various things um, to, to make it as smooth as possible from a player's perspective too. Like, one of the reasons why we, like I said, when we do the national or starting lineups after the national anthem, right before kickoff is to really ramp up and get those players fired up and, um, and, you know, hearing his perspective and same thing with Mark, Mark wants, uh, Mark wants the, the, the opposing team to be scared to death when they walk out onto that field. And I think the stomp your feet piece of it is a great way to be like, Oh man, we got to, not only are we playing against 11 players on the field, we're playing, we're playing against seven, 8,000 rowdy fans. Tonight as well, which is always great. It's always good to tighten those bolts first, um, those stands before you have everybody (laughs) stomp the feet. I mean, (laughs) you know what I'm talking about. Oh, they're tightened. We're good. We're good. I know. I know. (laughs) It's just like it's just that loud. It's like, oh my god, I'm going to lose my teeth. Yeah, it gets it gets rocking. That's for sure, and that's one of my favorite things. And you know, a lot Mm -hmm. of places can't do that because they're concrete, or um, you know, they have you know different designs. And and we have we're using that to our advantage um, to make that place loud. So it works out pretty good. 
Oh yeah, we we've had really loud games in the past. I mean, I can remember years ago, we, like it, it was just really crazy. But that idea we were talking about earlier about putting some of our shorter TBB chants on, on the screen, getting all the stadium involved, and making it one of those things that just becomes a tradition every year, right? Where people now know, hey, I'll go to a game. We're gonna sing that Republic song, and and have different points in a match where that appears on the screen i think would be really great and contribute to coach's idea right of making it a tough place for opponents to come right because not only are we stomping right but we're also all doing the same chat everyone in the stadium i i I just i could imagine a really amazing atmosphere if if we can get that to happen uh, starting next season already yeah, we're working on we're going to work with TBB on some of that traditions building stuff. Um, I I agree, and um, we're gonna we're gonna do what we can to try and figure some of that stuff out. Um, to I mean, we've talked about even um, doing various things like just doing printouts and having the lyrics on a printouts old school style um, as well. Uh, so we'll see. We're we're gonna we're gonna work on some stuff, but uh, yeah, we're, we're definitely thinking about that kind of stuff on a, on a daily basis. That's excellent. We are getting close to the end of our time with you, and we know you've spent quite a bit of time with us, Connor, and we totally appreciate it. But we've got a couple little things just to ask, you know, and um, you mentioned going to the to the training grounds a couple times a week and you get the guys really comfortable for, you know, doing the interviews and establishing that rapport with you and with the others in social media. Um, and you've shared with us a little bit of what goes into that. So here's, you know, do you ever, would you ever invite like, you know, an outside podcast team to maybe come in and observe a training session so that we can go later and fawn over the experience and help promote, you know, Sac Republic. I don't, I, I, I can, I am more than willing to uh, put that up as a proposal. I have no idea. I mean, we have, um, I, I don't, it, I think it's mostly up to, I actually, I don't even know who it's up to, um, but I, I will, I will run that up and see, see what happens here. Yeah. I mean, it doesn't have to be like all the time, but I mean, when we amplify as a podcast, when we amplify what's going on at SRFC, we're only amplifying the game and the Republic. And I know, you know, that, I mean, that's like basic understanding mm-hmm. of, of media, social media and the power that we have together. So anyhow, we usually wrap up by asking you if you have any final words. And I know Luis, I don't know if you had anything else to add or Jared, but we always ask our guests if you have any final words for people who are listening or any any fans. Uh, yeah, I mean, excited for 2022, right? Um, it'll be nice to, to have fans. I feel like it's been, it hasn't been that long, but it feels like it's been a long time. So excited mm-hmm. for opening night 2022, whenever that is. Excited for a lot of player news that I'm sure is, <clears throat> is coming soon. Um, and uh, thank you guys for having me on. And you guys are going to be coming on the breakaway. I don't know. We'll figure it out soon. But uh, we're going to do a best of 2021 kind of roundtable. We'll talk about some of our favorite moments. I would imagine we're all going to pick the same ones, but that's all right. We're going to we'll do that. And that will probably go up like in between Christmas and New Year's on like a final 2021 podcast. So, yeah, excited for all that. Thank you guys. Appreciate what you guys do. Um, and I know, I know our fans appreciate it. I appreciate it. I listen, like I said, about, you know, once a week, whenever you guys put a new podcast out, I usually, uh, I usually hop on, you know, the next day or so. So excited and glad I was able to come on. Thank you. Yeah. We, we appreciate every time you, you let us know that you listen to us. That's, that's really awesome. And thank you so much for, for being on here tonight or this morning, I should say now, but 
a lot of people listen. I like it. Evening. Like a true pro, you're planning that people are going to be listening the nighttime. I, I understand. I, I appreciate that. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah mo- most of the time is, is what I, I see, right? People listen around evening time and uh, yeah. yeah. Or well, during the, their workouts. The Spotify, uh, the Spotify rap stuff has really opened my mind on like uh, on, on some of the stuff that I didn't know about. Um, like our, my, my, our podcast, they listen mostly from 8, 11 a.m. to 5 p.m., which I would have not thought that. Um, but that's on Spotify. So you have every, all the different platforms mm-hmm. now. And so, it, you know, you know, take it with a grain of salt, but it, I wasn't, I thought for sure it'd be, you know, morning or, you know, after work, mm-hmm. but I guess during work also works. So we, and I did appreciate that that got posted what your, um, you know, the podcast, the, the breakaway, you know, the different countries, it's like, Oh my, that's awesome that you're getting yeah, to cool. listen. Yeah. Well, and you wonder if that's the parents and the family of the, of the fan, I mean, of the players. Totally. So when we did Pete, um, Penanen, who's from Finland, right. Our Finland numbers went through the roof that week, which was very cool. He re, you know, shared it and, and, uh, got a lot of listens in Finland, which was awesome. Uh, so yeah. And, I, and so we had like the new countries this year were Finland, Poland, and Israel. So, uh, we joked that, you know, maybe that's Josh Cohen listening, <laughs> but who knows? Who knows? And when we did the Josh Cohen interview, man, our listens went off the chain, you know, yeah. it was like awesome. Cause I mean, he was just so popular over there. Yeah. He's doing great. Yeah. He's doing great. Anyhow, thank you again for, for participating with us today and for being so open and, and pulling back the curtain. We always talk about pulling back the curtain and sharing with us what goes on underneath uh, and behind the scenes. Really appreciate your perspective and we'll continue to just heap lots of love on you. Appreciate you guys. Thank you so much. This was fun. So thank you once again to Connor for being on our podcast. We, again, really appreciate all the support that he gives us and the fact that he is the voice of Sacramento Republic and that he continues to do the podcast that we all like to listen uh, with the breakaway. And uh, if you don't listen to it often, please do so, because as you heard, he's had some pretty interesting people on there and they are not afraid of saying things that most of us probably didn't even think would be hearing, like some of the things that Todd said earlier. So really amazing listen there so what do you guys think (laughs) man he was like he's so entertaining and the fact that he did what he has done a lot and that is pull back the curtain so we can see the inner workings i i don't know if anybody else is interested in that but we certainly are to see what goes on behind the scenes with the players or with this or that with his job and sometimes when he interviews players and he talked a little bit about you know how he pulls back the curtain and works with the players and gets them comfortable we love that and having him actually on our podcast is like i mean it was like a cream it was like the whipped cream on the top of the this well kind of we had a bit of a flop of a season but you know whatever but having him on really made this year feel special to me i know he mentioned he isn't really big on beer but he could easily be with his background the most interesting man of the sacramento republic fc (laughs) given his background of what he's done who he's worked with and it only goes up from here so it was definitely great to have connor here I mean, to, like like you said, Sharon, to pull back the curtain uh, further on the club, definitely great uh, insight that he's given on what we've gone through in the year, what we have to look forward to in 2022. And, and, and I still say it would be great if he 
who knows? Maybe if he makes that uh, inaugural road match uh, trip to Monterey, who's to say? Yeah. Oh, my goodness. Oh, my goodness. We have so much to look forward to. And with Connor, you know, Luis, thanks for asking us, you know, what we thought of all that, because he's like a bright spot. I've known him since he started, essentially, and he's always been a bright spot and he's he's a hustler. Um, he's willing to do whatever it takes to make things right. And you heard what he said in the very beginning that he really wants to get the crowd going. I've been cheerleader contest. (laughs) He's an MC of, of so many different things and he loves what he does. And when you love what you do, you're only going to show that. And he Mm -hmm. is that guy. He's that guy. He loves what he does. So, you know, we lucked out at Sac Republic to get that guy. Yeah. Yeah, yes, we, we really did. I mean, anyone going to a game, you you already know he pumps us all of up, and uh, and you want someone like that, right? Who's going to bring that energy to the stadium, right? Because otherwise, yeah. I mean, I, I've been to some games uh, from you know college teams or even just uh, other semi-pro teams and whatnot, and you don't have that atmosphere, and it just seems like it's just a regular soccer game with not much, you know, going on aside from noises, but it's, it makes a big difference. And I don't think, you know, some people might not realize that. And if you're watching on TV, of course, you're not hearing all that. And so that's one of the things that really makes it a difference. And so that's why what he was saying earlier about, you know, anyone who hasn't been to a game, you go to a game, it's just a whole different vibe. That's one of the aspects of it too. Of course, there's TVB as well. You might hear a little bit on TV, but I'm telling you, right, Connor's energy uh, before the game, at halftime, after the game sometimes as well, when, when he's actually emceeing after, it's it's something else. I'm and, glad he's yeah. I'm glad he's still kind of youngish. You know, he's still, I think, in his 20s, which means he has the energy for this. But he also has other people in his ear, like Jamie Coffey. And, you know, he he well, he says that's who he has kind of in his ear. And she does a great job. And the two of them have a really good rapport. You can tell it's a seamless interaction, you know, with our, our game day on field announcer. Um, it's it's really a good he's nailed it. He's totally nailed it. So. Yep. We cannot lose him. I will say to the Sacramento Republic FC, I don't care if the Kings want him. Nope, that's not happening. We're keeping him. Do whatever it takes. There are some people at Sac Republic that we never, ever want to see go away. I mean, another one is Justin Dubois. The dude is solid in what he does. Don't ever let that guy go. You know, there are guys and gals. uh, Era. Uh, head of social media. I mean, she does a lot of the social media stuff. She's a keeper. Don't let her go. She's right. uh, smart. She's witty. Uh, let her have free reign. But, and Connor is the same way. Don't mm-hmm. let him go. Don't no nope. short leash, short leash on Connor. Yeah, I, I agree. <laughs> uh, but yeah, so thank you so much again to Connor for being on. And I really appreciate to hear all the ins and outs of what, what goes on in the background, because I think a lot of people don't realize how much thought goes into even the most smallest of things that go on in game day. And it's always good to kind of like talk about that, right? Because there's a lot of thought that gets put into different things and, and more things are going to happen next season. And we are all really excited uh, for that. And I think no one should be taking this last season as anything else, but just the season that, all teams, I think, and just the league had to put together real quick, right? Because we still had that uncertainty with COVID and all that. Like, are we going to see a regular season? Are we even going to be at games, right? We all still did not really know what was going on. 
And so we're, we're hoping next year that we can actually go to preseason games and, and actually be able to be there and support them since day one and let them work their magic, give us an amazing season because we've had that pre-COVID and I have no doubt that we're going to have that again and even much better because the team is just growing year over year. And, and it's up to us to continue to do what we do here on the podcast and you, the fan, to continue to support. And not just that, but it's almost like my catchphrase at the end of every episode. And I'll keep saying it just as a reminder to everyone, but please, next season, bring someone who you've never brought to a game before because that's, I think, the most organic way of being able to grow the club. As much as the club might do their own outreach and all that, I mean, let's face it. Word of mouth, I think, is the best form of marketing. And if you're able to get someone down to a game, get them to experience that, if they really enjoy the game, which, you know, I think all the people I've brought who've never been to a game really have enjoyed them, they're going to invite someone else, right? And so before you know it, you suddenly grew from two people who were just talking about going to a game to 20, 30, 40 hundreds, right? Because you're just going to keep sharing that experience and you're going to want to bring more friends because you enjoyed going to a game so yeah i agree and should we ever get a stadium <clears throat> i mean we heart health park is one thing but um we did talk about in our last podcast the potential for you know in a couple years maybe um that will even make it even more po- a powerful thing <laughs> jared i'm glad i wasn't drinking water when you did that that was so funny <laughs> That's, that's, that's probably about the, the best uh, Jaime I could re- really do. I mean, <laughs> so. <laughs> and, oh and not just God. that, but, you know, I think, think of the statement, right? If we were to get sellout games, what statement does that send to uh, Kevin, right? And, hey, let's get our stadium even quicker, right? Look, there's a demand out there. We can fill up a 15,000-seater stadium because there's people filling this one up. So. Right. And then, and then if we get the product on the field, like everybody's promising, you see that flag that I'm pointing to right there, that scarf, that is the 2014 championship, your scarf. Mm-hmm. Um, I did not bring the, uh, the medal that goes around the neck uh, to you to show you, but occasionally I wear it at a game. I have not worn the scarf to a game yet, but that might have to happen. <laughs> but even then before all, all that hits, I mean, we have the next few months to look forward to. I mean, oh we've God. got a whole, We've got a whole lot of league uh, news that, that we have to sort through. Given the fact that we're going to be starting in March again, are we going to be playing in divisions again, or are we going to be playing throughout the whole Western Conference? We've already have Oklahoma City uh, taking a hiatus for 2022 as they're doing stadium re- renovations. Exactly. Gran- granted, they're in the Eastern Conference, but they're still a familiar name to us. I mean, especially me, because because of my ties to Oklahoma City. That's right. I mean, are there going to be any other clubs that are going to be doing the same? I either taking a hiatus or, or folding or we're we losing we... all the twos. Yeah. We're losing all the two clubs, the MLS two clubs. Yeah. Uh, Luis is doing a silent <laughs> yell. Yay. Let's calm it down, sir. Wait, calm the excitement <laughs> down. <laughs> so. but, uh, but yeah, I mean, I, I am definitely waiting on how the conference are going to be set up. Are we playing, divisions only with the occasional going outside like we did this year or is it going to be a traditional western conference uh intra-conference matchups given the fact that we're now going to be starting once again in march and then also how is uh 
The expansion team, uh, Monterey Bay FC Union, how are they going to be a factor this year? We've seen Oakland uh, start off uh, to a real rough start, but then march back into the playoffs. Are we going to see anything like that again? Are we still going to get the same problems from them that we've had this past season? It's er, Everything is just way up. You're right. We've got a lot to talk about and a lot to hear from. And then, as Connor said, the player announcements for even our club, because of all the mm-hmm. clubs, I think we're going to have the most, like you said, the fire sale happened or, you know, the end of season sale and now, or, you know, release. And now we're going to do a whole new deal. So much, so much. So stay tuned folks. If you're listening to this podcast, we're going to be dissecting all the future stuff as Jared just mentioned. And I know he wasn't even done mentioning all the other things that are going to, that we get to talk about. I interrupted. Sorry. <laughs> That's all right. This, this is our time to, to pretend like we're working at Kaiser Permanente and just dissect and slice and analyze everything that comes across, uh, no matter Kaiser, how little it is. Kaiser Permanente. Oh, that's the first. <laughs> I'm glad I was not drinking water when you said that. <laughs> oh, you said it at the wrong time. <laughs> should have said it. Yeah, I should have waited a little bit. <laughs> Well, yeah, there, there's a lot of great things uh, ahead of us, and I, I do hope it's a longer season, uh, a more uh, traditional season to how it was before, because I would like to travel further on and not just not that, you know, it's great to travel around here, too, but it'd be kind of nice to go to another state and, you know, uh, just visit away games as well. So <laughs> hopefully they, they do that uh, and surely they will if it's a normal season, which which we we expect. Awesome. Well, Sharon, Jared, thank you so much for being on tonight. And thank you to everyone uh, who listens to our show and supports us always. We couldn't do the show if it weren't for all of your support. So we always appreciate it. So have a great day or night whenever you might be listening to us. And uh, we will see you next week here on State of the Republic podcast. Have a good night, everybody. (laughs) You guys want to do that again? I think we're, we're, we're good as is. I, I'm, I'm just thankful Sharon didn't die on us uh, while she was on mute because I, I was starting to wonder. You could just cut it right after you say goodbye. <laughs> right after I say goodbye, you could just cut it right there and then the giggles will just, those are ours. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> that was perfect timing, too. <laughs> Yeah. I mean, I would think of a forensics, like a morgue or something like that, you know, where they're doing the forensics, the slicing and the dicing and the dissecting and all that other stuff. But you said, Kaiser Permanente. Okay. I'm just like, okay. Thanks. What's well, this? It's the one HMO I remember from, from, from uh, living out there. I mean, I, I've had experience with them as a kid. So that was the first thing that popped up. We can actually go to pre games um, or. To actually, we can actually go to post games. Uh, or, I'm saying this wrong. Zoom is such an overlord. I'll tell you what it's. It's so nice to actually have Zoom tell us when things are happening, right? Mm-hmm. So, I've had people say that they're afraid of Zoom and they're afraid of Google, but we're not. Here we go. Yeah, Sharon's expression. I, I I wish we would have caught the audio for that. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, I think she's muted. <laughs> so I'm sorry, I was fussing with something. I tried to just do a screen grab. And Connor, we all look good, but your eyes were closed. So I'm going to do it. <laughs>
because I wanted to post it. We have a Google Doc that's kind of driving our, our conversation oh, gotcha. so that we don't um, forget some of the great ideas that we had, you know, because you're so- definitely Karen. not for the week. Jared, I keep forgetting, do not drink water when Jared decides he's going to say something funny. And I literally almost sprayed my entire laptop. Connor, I don't know. We have this thing on our podcast where I have oftentimes, literally, I if he always catches me. It's like, it's my time to take a break. I'll take a drink of water. Jared comes on and does shit like that. Thanks, Jared. And Connor, you just be careful with taking a drink of anything when Jared decides he's going to say something because he's got like that. that. We've got to keep the tradition going. God. <laughs>